Parallel CRISPR-Cas9 screens clarify impacts of P53 on screen performance. An article by Anne Ramsey Bowden, John Christopher Thomas, Stephen Jackson and others. From University of Cambridge, United Kingdom. eLife 2020 Abstract CRISPR-Cas9 genome engineering has revolutionized high-throughput functional genomic screens. However, recent work has raised concerns regarding the performance of CRISPR-Cas9 screens using TP53 wild-type human cells due to a P53-mediated DNA damage response, DDR, limiting the efficiency of generating viable edited cells. To directly assess the impact of cellular P53 status on CRISPR-Cas9 screen performance, we carried out parallel CRISPR-Cas9 screens in wild-type and TP53 knockout human retinal pigment epithelial cells using a focused dual guide RNA library targeting 852 DDR-associated genes. Our work demonstrates that although functional P53 status negatively affects identification of significantly depleted genes, optimal screen design can nevertheless enable robust screen performance. Through analysis of our own and published screen data, we highlight key factors for successful screens in both wild-type and P53 deficient cells. Introduction CRISPR-Cas9 genome engineering technologies have transformed cell biology, particularly high-throughput functional genomic screens. Pooled CRISPR-Cas9 cell viability screens have been successfully employed in determining gene essentiality, identifying genetic interactions and assessing drug sensitivities across various genetic backgrounds. A number of factors influence CRISPR-Cas9 screen performance including cellular background. In particular, recent reports concerning technical difficulties in CRISPR-Cas9 genome editing in P53 proficient cells have brought into question the suitability of P53 cell lines for high throughput CRISPR-Cas9 genetic screens. TP53, encoding P53, acts as a master regulator of cell cycle checkpoint activation cellular senescence and induction of apoptosis in response to DNA damage. TP53 is arguably the most important tumor suppressor gene with loss of function mutations in up to 50% of human cancers. Consequently, the P53 status of a cell line either wild type or mutant can be an important factor in determining the suitability of a cellular model and hence is an important consideration in design of high-throughput genetic screens. Generation of DNA double-strand breaks DSPs, induces P53-dependent cell cycle rest in normal fibroblasts, and most CRISPR-Cas9 genome editing approaches rely on double-strand breaks generation to achieve efficient editing. Recent work has shown that CRISPR-Cas9-associated double-strand breaks in HPSCs, human polypotent stem cells, induce a P53-mediated apoptotic response, leading to higher levels of toxicity and reduced editing efficiency in this background. Furthermore, 
ASMLAP P53 mediated double strain breaks response in wild type retinal pigment epithelial RPE1 cells reportedly severely impaired identification of essential gene in CRISP Cas9 screen when compared to RPE1 TP53 knockout cells. In contrast, analysis of data from a small number of additional screens in P53 wild type RPE1 cells has shown the performance of successful CRISP screens as determined by essential gene identification and enrichment of expected targets is possible in this cellular background. The controversy is confounded by the complexity of variation in experimental design between screens with a lack of controlled parallel experiments. To provide more definitive insights into these important debates, we performed parallel CRISPR-Cas9 screens in paired wild-type and TP53 knockout cell lines, thereby minimizing additional confounding factors that can preclude accurate screen comparisons. Results and discussion. We carried out parallel screens in wild-type TP53 knockout RPE1 cells with two independent Cas9 expressing monoclonal populations for each genetic background, selected based on P53 status and high Cas9 cutting efficiency. To facilitate high screen desensitivity and in-depth interrogation of P53 mediated responses to CRISPR-Cas9 associated double strand breaks, we designed a bespoke dual guide RNA library targeting 852 DDR-associated genes with 112 all-factory receptor genes included as non-essential gene controls and 14 sequence scrambled negative controls. The library was manually curated to include established DDR components, putatively DDR-related interactors, and a considerable number of bioinformatically associated DDR factors. Moreover, the smaller size of this library compared to whole genome library enabled high guide representation to be maintained throughout the screen, minimizing the impact of this key factor on screen sensitivity. In addition, our library incorporated a dial guide RNA vector design to increase the frequency of functional knockout events in transduced cells compared to the canonical single-guide RNA approach. The reasons that factor-generating two double-strand breaks per cell may increase detection of differences in screen sensitivity due to variation in double-strand break responses between genetic backgrounds. Thus, the custom DDR library enables interrogation of P53-mediated DDR events. It sells overall responses to double-strand breaks and the fitness effects of inactivating DDR-related genes. Screens were executed and relative enrichments and depletions of gene knockouts in data cell populations were determined from guide-read counts generated by next-generation Illumina DNA sequencing using the program MAG-ECK. In our screens, depletion of core essential genes was clearly evident in both wild-type and TP53 knockout backgrounds. 
due to the conservative nature of these essential gene lists. Additional genes with significant depletions were also identified in both cell lines. A receiver operating characteristic ROC curve showing the classification of essential versus non-essential genes by gene depletion p-value ranks demonstrated good performance of both screens. Nevertheless, the p53 knockout screen slightly outperformed the wild-type screen at both harvesting time points in terms of detection of essential genes by rank. When the significance of gene depletions was considered, we found the essential genes were much more likely to have low adjusted p-values in the TP53 knockout background compared to wild type. In addition, we observed that the day 19 time point outperformed the day 15 time point, detecting increased number of essential genes at a given significance threshold. The underlying basis behind these differential sensitivity to identifying essential genes lies in the magnitude of the phenotypic effect observed for each guide. While log fold changes LFCs across non-core essential genes were not significantly different within the two genetic backgrounds, LFCs for core essential genes were significantly lower in the TP53 knockout screens compared to screens in the TP53 wild-type setting. Consistent with the wild-type cells initiating a P53-mediated response to Cas9-induced double-strain breaks. This would inhibit the proliferation rates of all transduced cells during the course of the screens, leading to smaller LFCs and a narrower distribution of guides within the population, with a consequent reduction in genes with a significant depletion scores. Some results were seen in our analysis of day 15 samples. The impact of P53 mediated response is also evident when comparing screens results from differential enrichment and depletion genes between the two genetic backgrounds. As expected, in TP53 wild-type cells, guides targeting TP53 were the most significantly reached, with guides targeting other components of the P53 pathway, showing the most significant differences between the two genetic backgrounds. Guides significantly reached in the TP53 wild-type background included those targeting CDKN1A, that encodes P21, the major downstream mediator of P53 mediated cell cycle rest, and those targeting USP28, that encodes a deubiquitinating enzyme that acts to stabilize P53. In contrast, guides targeting genes that were significantly depleted in the wild type but not the TP53 knockout background included. MDM2 and MDM4, which act as negative regulators of P53. MDM2 is an E3 ubiquitin ligase that targets P53 for degradation, while MDM4 inhibits P53 dependent transcriptional activity, which acts via MDM2 
with ocean reeds in the TP53 wild type background. This protein forms a complex with P53 and catalysis P53K370 demethylation. Attenuation of SETDB1 reduces the level of demethylation at this site, leading to increased recognition and degradation of P53 by MDM2. Furthermore, when we assessed the enrichment depletion of specific biological pathways between the wild type and TP53 knockout backgrounds, cell cycle and P53 signaling were the two pathways that were reached. Genes that are not acting in the P53 pathway were also identified as significantly enriched or depleted. EP300 was enriched on both genetic backgrounds and has an established role as a tumor suppressor through the regulation of G1S cell cycle transition. CCNA2 or cyclin A2 was depleted on both genetic backgrounds as it interacts with both CDK1 and CDK2 to drive S phase progression and regulate the G1S and G2M phases of the cell cycle. Altogether, these results demonstrate that despite reduced screen sensitivity in P53 proficient cells, biologically meaningful enrichment and depletion analysis at individual gene and pathway levels can, when required, still be performed in TP53 wild-type settings. To further contextualize the feasibility of performing CRISPR-Cas9 screens in a P53 proficient background, we analyze our screens with five other performed in TP53 wild-type RPE1 cells. When we performed a comparative ROS curve analysis to assess the screen's abilities to discriminate between core essential genes and other genes, these established that the performance of all screens were similar, with the exception of data which underperformed in the ability to distinguish essential genes. When then examined the distribution of normalized RFCs for each screen, these revealed that the core essential genes formed distributions distinct from those of all factor receptors and other non-essential genes in all type screens with the exception of the Harpeamy and other screen where the separation was minimal. Taken together, these analyses provide further evidence that CRISPR-Cas9 screens can be performed successfully in a P53 proficient background. It appears that the Harpeamy and other screen in an outlier in its inability to robustly detect essential genes possibly due to deficiencies in experimental design and execution and perhaps reflecting relatively low efficiency of the polyclonal RPE1 population used in this screen. These factors strengthens the importance of carefully selecting clones with high Cas9 editing efficiency and also for the use of biological replicates to enable recognition of common screen results they are independent of clonal background. We noted 
the wild median LFC is higher in the LTR1 MDACC, HART, UBC and MSKCC screens. The variance is also increased when compared to ours. Consequently, we interrogated the relationship between the standard deviation SD of the LFCs and the mean LFC value for each of the wild-type screens. Figure 3c shows that the variance in LFC between guides targeting the same gene is less in our screen than these other screens. We speculate that this decrease in variance is linked to the much higher gRNA guide RNA representation kept throughout our screen than in these other screens, although we cannot discard the possibility that the dual single guide RNA system we used in the cause of this effect. High guide RNA representation is relevant for the success and reliability of CRISPR-Cas9 screens with most published recommendations suggesting screening to at least 200 times guide RNA representation. Importantly, high representation must be maintained throughout cell culture and also in the PCR amplification steps. Sufficient sequencing depth is also essential to maintain the sensitivity achieved through high guide RNA representation. Figure 3D demonstrates the variability in guide abundance determined by sequencing reads across screens analyzed. The MCKCC screen is the only dataset to show a distribution with a substantial number of zero reads in the final samples, which accounts for the decreased variance at more negative LFCs in the screen. Through modeling the effect of decreased sequencing depth in our data, we demonstrate that low read counts can notably decrease screen sensitivity. Conclusions In summary, we present data from parallel screens in TP53 wild type and TP53 knockout RPE1 cells, which demonstrate that P53 mediated response does negatively impact the sensitivity of CRISPR-Cas9 screens. The extent of the impact of TP53 status on CRISPR-Cas9 screens might vary depending on the cell type being studied, including those with loss of function mutations in TP53 without being fully TP53 null. It remains to be established precisely how and to what extent different TP53 mutations, including hotspot mutations, might influence CRISPR-Cas9 screen performance. However, we anticipate that most or all cell lines with an intact TP53 pathway and proper cell cycle checkpoint activation would likely recapitulate our findings. All the important factors impacting sensitivity include the guide RNA library used, the magnitude of guide effects, adequate guide RNA representation and sufficient sequencing depth. Selection of high editing efficiency Cas9 expressing cells is also highly recommended, and use of biological replicates enables identification of clonal variation. Considering these factors in screen design and execution allows successful CRISPR Cas9 screens 
to be carried out in both P53 proficient and P53 deficient cells, thereby fostering new biological insights. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pub Reading. Follow me on Twitter to stay in touch or on all other podcast platforms. Thank you.